Welcome to the Domestic Church Project Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Nancy. And we believe that your family has been called to change the world. Yep, your family. Even if you're busy. Even if you're still learning the faith. Even if your family doesn't look like the perfect Catholic family. Your family can change the world. Why? Because this is what Catholic families were created to do. Bill and I are real parents of five wild kids. Our family is far from perfect, but every day we recommit to the calling of raising saints and building our domestic church. Join us. Let's talk about what it means to be Catholic parents, and let's entrust our families to Christ so that our homes can become centers for holiness. Let's get to work. Welcome back to the Domestic Church Project Podcast. Today we'll be talking about making Jesus a part of Lent in your home. Probably the most important thing that we can do to make that happen during Lent is making Jesus the center of our family lives. Yeah. One thing that I have felt very strongly each and every Lent is that you sort of come out of Christmas you know, you had those sort of hanging New Year's resolutions that you never really made good on Mm -hmm. and you're ready to lose weight and be more active and watch (laughs) less Netflix. And so all of a sudden Lent comes around and you sort of see it as a great opportunity to sort of tackle all of those bad habits. And without fail, every Lent, that's sort of what I am like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. We're going to have the kids watching less and you know, that we, that we got for Christmas, like we're going to be doing less of that, like that to sort of becomes Lent. And I feel like we get to this point where, what are we like two, three weeks in or something? And there's a ton of Lent ahead of us. And you kind of get to a point where you've either really blown it on those shallow (laughs) resolutions, or you just are realizing that there's something much better to do. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. It's very obvious it yes. that what we need to be doing is to be making this about Jesus. And I know that's simple, but it's see, it is a little bit difficult to understand how to do that. Yeah. So what were your luncheon resolutions as a kid? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Or? It was always about giving up chocolate, yeah. <laughs> which is terrible because that's what it always is. You know what I mean? Uh, I hear slogans out there even more today. Give up more than chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was always about like some kind of candy that we would give up. I remember. And we never went much deeper than that. No. And that's good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it certainly was denying ourselves something. I'm not sure how much chocolate I really ate (laughs) as a kid, but (laughs) I think it was also things like bubble gum and cookies and some of that kind of stuff. It was always giving up some kind of sweet. Yeah. I remember a cousin that was like a best friend of mine growing up. She'd always give up candy, but she wouldn't just give it, like give it up, give it away or not take it. She would always take it and bring it home and put it in this giant glass jar. And so as Lent continued, she'd have this just mountain of candy. Oh, yeah. And then at Easter, we would just gorge ourselves, (laughs) you know, plus all of the Easter candy. Anyway, like, you know, charming memory. But And it was denying myself something, right, for sure. But I think, you know, as a person that could obviously lose some weight, 
we can deny ourselves and not actually be connected to Christ. Yeah, I can. Yeah, exactly. It can still be a very self-focused mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I personally need to work on. And in our family, it's it's a, a, a goal of ours. Like if we're going to do something for Lent, then this had better be directly connected to Christ. And what we have found is that often... During Lent, it, it's, it is about clearing space. So, you know, giving up things like screen time or other types of distractions are very necessary, mm-hmm. but it can create a void and it should be less a focus on what you're giving up and more a focus on what you're adding. Right. And so we have lots of ideas for things that you can add. You can pick some or come up with your own. That's fine. But so what we're really after here is about making Lent about Jesus and facilitating an encounter with Christ. There's some really beautiful ministries out there that that is their sole focus on facilitating mm-hmm. an encounter. And I think it's easier sometimes to have a full encounter at a retreat <laughs> when yes. you're not in your home with all the normal temptations and distractions. You know, I mean, the name of this podcast is The Domestic Church. Right. That's where I was just going to go. You know, if we are making our homes domestic churches, we should find that way to create opportunities for a really good encounter, to encounter with Christ in our homes, that we don't need to be at a retreat uh, or at some kind of big event where that's the big main focus. Yeah. Um, that even in the small things that happen in our daily lives that happen in our little churches that become an encounter with Christ. And I just, I love that word encounter. Mm-hmm. It really brings it home for me, you know, because of course we're about building our relationship with Christ. But uh, when I hear encounter, you know, it just feels more intimate. It feels yeah. more something worthy of, of God. You know what I mean? Well, and it's clear you can't just, it's not an academic experience. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, you know, especially our kids go to a beautiful little Catholic school, do an incredible job catechizing them. And we work hard here too, but it is, it is evident that a lot of times what we are giving them is an academic experience of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And I think Lent is a time to really refocus on, are we, leading is all any of this leading to an encounter. And so in case you're kind of struggling, like, what does that mean? Um, here are just some of my things, some things to, to, to think about when you're picking your Lenten experiences to help your kids encounter Christ. Everything that you do should really be focused on the fact that Christ is real, that he is active, and that he knows you specifically. Right. That you're not just a face in the crowd, but he... Um, Mother Teresa was reading a book that she wrote, a rosary reflections in front of the blessed sacrament. And she wrote, you know, she has this way of just cutting through the fat. And she just said, you know, if, if you knew how much Christ loved you specifically, mm-hmm. you would die of happiness. <laughs> yeah. You know, and also just that, you know, he fell in love with you before you were made. Before we were who we were. And yeah. so you know, sharing those those thoughts are just really demonstrating that you know this is true about you, but, you know, kind of grounding everything, every time we approach the gospel, every time we approach the Blessed Sacrament with this knowledge that he is real, he is active, and that he loves me specifically. Um, the other really important way to have an encounter with Christ, and I think there's really 
two main ways to have an encounter with Christ. The first one is through Holy Scripture, mm-hmm. through reading the Gospels in particular, and listening as Christ speaks, watching as He acts, and remembering that, of course, Scripture is the active Word of God. And then the other way to encounter Him, of course, is through the Blessed Sacrament, both in the Mass and the Eucharistic Adoration. And so we'll talk more about that. But, you know, you don't have to... This isn't about liturgical crafting. (laughs) It's not about, uh, you know, just like puppets or something like that. Like those things are all great for sure. They're they great. are. They are. We don't have to dream up some new way to encounter Christ. Our church, the wisdom of this church founded by Christ <laughs> Gives himself. us a pretty good way, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, mm. we have active word of God still active and we have Christ in, this, in the blessed sacrament. And then of course, an encounter with God is just truly knowing, deeply, deeply knowing that Christ wants to be part of my life in the big and the small ways, that when I am driving a car, He is my thoughts. When I am doing the most mundane things, He is beside me. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and thinking about our children, they learn this most profoundly when we demonstrate these things to them, not just sort of tell them about it or yeah. preach to them. And we've talked a lot about um, learning together. Right. It's not that we go and memorize a bunch of facts and then, you know, bark them at our children or try to teach them or something. Of course, we are teaching them, but, you know, where we like we stand in front of a classroom, you know, we're learning with them together. We're encountering together. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And when you say, um, you know, he is real, um, we talked a little bit, you know, we've talked before about not treating Christ like he's some kind of character in a movie. You know, that he was very much a real person, that he is still very present, actually present Mm -hmm. here with us today. And the more we can bring that to our children through our own actions, through our own words, you know, and that we truly believe that, um, it really will help them to grasp this mystery, Mm -hmm. this really challenging thing that the world will tell them isn't really true, right? I mean... Why are we worshiping that wafer? You yeah. know, um, it's like no, it, it's not just that. Yeah. So the way that we can truly believe it ourselves, and the ways that we can demonstrate that to them in our words, in our actions, is really important to helping them have an encounter with yeah. Christ. Yeah, our encounter needs to come first. Yeah, and a lot of times when we talk about family prayer. We say that our personal prayer flows into mm-hmm. our family prayer, like the energy and the, you know, the like the 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 um, what we what we encounter with the Lord in our own personal prayer flows into our family prayer and helps us to fuel, right? That our our family prayer can go, and it's the same thing here as well. Our personal encounter fuels our family encounter. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And so I know this is kind of maybe a lot of abstract and the only way you will ever have an encounter if you will, is if you allow yourself to have an encounter, which is a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have some ideas to get the ball rolling. Different families will be drawn to different things. 
We have used all of these things that we'll be talking about, um, but we don't use them all at once. Because <laughs> uh, I believe in quality over quantity always, especially with young kids. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, kind of listen to some of these we've mentioned before, but maybe some will be new ideas. Well, you know, Nancy mentioned that um, we hear him speaking to us in scripture. Mm-hmm. So, a really easy one is to read the daily gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about the fruit of that in our own family. You know, and anytime anyone gives a list of ideas, I always, in any kind of podcast, I'm always worried because I'm like, oh, how am I going to, how are we going to make those things work? And I thought that a lot too before we incorporated the daily gospel into our family prayer. You know, the gospels are never really that long. Yeah. And so they're really actually a good length for kids. Well, and right now we're going through the gospel of Mark. So that helps. Yes, absolutely. When we're month after month of going through the Gospel of John, right. it can get a little yes, heavy. It does get <laughs> a little <laughs> tough. Confusing. So um, lots of questions that I know I have to go find yeah. the answers to. Or, or, but still, but there's always something. There's you know, always something. Even when the language kind of twists around itself in the Gospel of John, there's always something. And I'm always amazed sometimes that the kids are, that they're able to sort of pinpoint the thing sometimes. Right. So. so the next thing that you can do is incorporate the Jesus tree mm-hmm. into your daily Lenten experience. And all that really is, is uh, just a walk through a gospel. Now, um, as part of Catholic Sprouts, we have two different Jesus tree options that we've used in our own personal families and many families have used going through the gospel of Matthew. It's an actual book. Right, an actual book, right. It's based on the gospel of Matthew, our Mm -hmm. new ones based on the gospel of John. And we wrote reflections for each day. But we don't have any sort of... um, you know, claim on this. No, no, not at all. It's not, yeah, exactly. But I mean, another way, if you don't um, have one of those resources, uh, another really simple way is just picking a gospel and going through it daily. Uh, And Matthew is a really great gospel to start with, really good for kids. And, you know, as you get into things like the Beatitudes and a lot of the parables, they're really, really a great thing too. Yeah. I remember when I was still, you know, a young adult, I've aged out of the young adult category. (laughs) We're not there anymore, right? Yeah, but uh, at one point, a priest in a homily recommended reading the entire gospel of Matthew because there's roughly 30 chapters. So if you read a chapter a day, you can easily do it in a month. And since we have just under a month of Lent Mm -hmm. remaining, um, it would be a good thing to do. And it's it's just very it's it's the more accessible gospel. It's also one of the you know one of the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know, it's kind of the similar stories that we're used to hearing. John can be a little bit of an outlier. Also, if you know you personally are seeking for an encounter with Christ, maybe for the first time, just privately reading the Gospel of Matthew is it's where I started. Mm-hmm. It's where Me a lot too. of people start. It's a really beautiful just Lenten practice or just practice. So last, last Lent, mm-hmm. right before Easter, we watched a mini series called Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of it. Yeah, it's, what is it from? 80s, 90s? Actually, I didn't remember it until someone 70s. mentioned it. We Who were knows? listening to another list of things to do, and yeah. now we're paying it forward, I guess, yeah. by putting it in part of our list. Um, it's about a six-hour mini series. It's really good. 
I really like it. Uh, but just recently, we started watching The Chosen. Mm-hmm. We were late to come to it. We were late. Yeah, exactly. It's but been, dang, it's so good. Right. And it's just, it's talk about encounter with Christ. You know, the other day, I don't know how he got started, but our six-year-old, Dominic, he recounted everything from The Chosen to us. Yeah, like a in, whole episode. In great detail. Mm-hmm. And... I just thought, wow, you know, I mean, he actually, as a six-year-old, picks up a ton from the Gospels, but I just really think he is encountering Christ through that. So, I mean, those are just two options of things. Um, Well, and I have to say, I've I've reflected a lot. I was resistant to watch The Chosen Mm -hmm. at first. I didn't know anything about it. Right. But... The idea of a TV show about Christ, it was very resistant Mm -hmm. because I don't want, again, the line between Christ is a real person, an active element in the world and like part of a movie, like that's, that's, I, I was worried about getting trapped in that myself, let alone our kids. But like, you know, the millions of people that have watched it, I was blown away. It's had a profound um, impact on the way that I read scripture. And I think for both of us, it's had a yes. bit. Yeah, it's been profound for us. And, and you know, I, I just feel like it's been, it was a very prayerful, prayerfully created thing. Um, and I just feel that it's it's opened up my experience of scripture right. in an unexpected way. Well, and to talk about that a little bit, as we talked earlier, it's about what we demonstrate to our children. Mm-hmm. So if we treat it like a movie you know, like a, a fictional movie um, and Jesus like a character, uh, that's what they'll pick up on. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if it has a profound effect on you or some way in which you feel like it has increased your relationship with Christ and you speak about that, right? Back to having yeah. that faith conversation with our children. You speak to them about that, how it's impacted you they will compartmentalize those things in their mind, right? That, you know, the movies we watch over here are fictional characters that don't exist. They don't, you know, that's not real. This is a story about something that actually happened. Yeah. And I see my parents, that it's had a a profound impact on them. And they talk to me about it, so it must be a big deal, right? And so if we can demonstrate that, we can help them make that distinction yeah. between, you know, to your concern there, which is a it's a real one. I bet lots of people have that concern. I think, but if we can demonstrate that, then it helps. Yeah, uh, helps them to make that distinction. Yeah, I'm such a fan girl about the chosen. We're anxiously awaiting season two. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then finally, just really speaking directly to the Lord in our prayer. Like when we talk with our, when we, when we speak our petitions and we pray our petitions, you know, giving it that reverence that we are actually speaking to Christ. Um, when we have intentions at night and, you know, it's kind of hard for the kids who are silent to be focused on the child that is praying their intentions. Yeah, when it's not their turn. When it's not their turn. And I always, you know, I kind of remind, you know, Make sure you're focusing on what they're saying because you amplify their prayers to the Lord. You know, one child, you know, your sibling is praying this, but you pray along with them. So that helps, I think, to uh, begin to set that groundwork that we're not just throwing words out into the air to do it. 
we are truly speaking to God, asking him for these things on behalf of other people, you know, let's act accordingly. Yep. Yep. And that doesn't work perfectly. No, it doesn't. <laughs> don't take, don't take uh, my, the way I'm saying that is to think that that works 100% for us. I mean, it is a lesson I think we'll be teaching for yeah. many, many years to come. Well, and that's, and, that's praying uh, with kids, yeah, right? Exactly. You, you have your eyes set at the ideal and you're sort of trying to take a few baby steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just failing wanna... <laughs> and... We're all journeying together on helping uh, our kids to yeah. be, uh, to really find their prayer lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, of course, the most obvious way to encounter Christ is through the Blessed Sacrament. And I don't want to downplay that. In fact, I want to, we want to end the episode right. with a reminder that that's where he is. Mm-hmm. And and that we should we should take that very seriously. You know, I think sometimes with with Christ in the tabernacle, you know, we can maybe be a little nonchalant in church, or you know, we didn't really get around to making that holy hour consistent, or we're a little bit hesitant to take our kids with us to a holy hour. And first of all, I completely relate to all of those feelings and all of those poor choices. <laughs> I'm making them myself. But I just think it's it's time, and Lent is a beautiful time to do that, to remind ourselves that Christ is here. Mm-hmm. And in, in the most complete and real way, not like, oh, I, I carry him in my heart or something sort of metaphorical. He is here. Um, again, I was just reading this book written by um, you know, Mother Teresa of Calcutta, and she was talking about how, well, Christ was on the cross, you know, God exists in the eternal now, mm-hmm. you know, that everything was present to him. And while Christ was there hanging on the cross, yes, he was abandoned by his closest followers, but in that moment, he could see all of the holy hours that hmm. would be kept by all of the people that love him throughout all of time. So every time that we go to a holy hour or a holy 10 minutes, if we have rowdy kids with us, you know, that, that we are with Mary kneeling at the foot of the cross, like in, in a way that is even more real than what we are experiencing, you know, because the concept of time and place and all these things are just constructs that God has created for us to navigate life. But the true reality is that that we are with Christ, who is, you know, the eternal sacrifice in heaven, and that that is happening in that tiny little wafer, Christ disguised in that uh, in the form of bread and wine. So anyway, I know that's that's deep and that's profound, but yeah, we shouldn't shy away from it. And mm-hmm. so just think how meaningful that is, even if you have. You know, we George, our youngest, just turned two, and he's oh my gosh, he is so unruly in church or any anything that requires sitting. <laughs> it's rough with them right now. Um, Which means every meal, every, every single thing every meal, it. everything. Yeah, right. Anyway, but just to think, you know, the true reality is that Christ is here, truly, 
and I am bringing my child to the foot of the cross to worship the Savior of the world in the very act of saving us from our sins. That is the truth of what is happening. So, um, you know, it might not be the encounter where you're brought to tears and filled with emotion and ready to go change the world, but it is nonetheless an encounter. Right. And the enormity of all the things that Nancy just said can be, <laughs> get, or they're the, recounted from Mother Teresa, yeah. right? Yeah, it's all her, right. not me. Um, can be experienced in 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. We talk all the time about holy hours, and sometimes that can seem just so overwhelming, especially if you endeavor to bring your children with you. But in those 10 minutes, that enormity is realized. Right. And so use that to think about ways to just get started. You know, that's what we're about here. Right. Get started in. In ways that, uh, in easy ways or in manageable ways, let's call it manageable ways that can build on itself, right? And yeah. just, and kind of keep, we always say, keep going, right? Yeah. Even if it's just 10 minutes, because uh, yeah. that 10 minutes is. Literally, Christ was hanging on the cross and he saw that you took those 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that's not just like ooey-gooey emotional language. That's Mm-mm. truth. Exactly. That's truth. Mm. So if not during Lent to really bring that into reality in your home, then and when when would then be when, better? Right. When, so anyway, so out of that, this and among many other reasons is one of the reasons why we incorporated a holy hour for the whole family into the Domestic Church Project Boot Camp, because I think a lot of people, including us, need a kick in the pants to just do it. Just get right. the family there. Yeah, know it's going to be a little hard. Just do it. So if you need that extra kick. Um, we currently have the Domestic Church Project Boot Camp, our app, closed for enrollment. We welcomed a whole bunch of new families at the start of Lent. If you're wondering when you can join the fun and we, and actually I'm reading these Mother Teresa books to write um, a series of rosary reflections, which will be live in the app in May, which will be opening back up May 1st, if you're interested. So stay posted for that. But in the meantime, um, we have some kind of heavy topics coming your way Mm -hmm. over Lent. Um, We're going to be talking about dealing with loss as a family, which Mm -hmm. we are currently navigating. And we also are going to be talking about um, how to spend the triduum in a blessed and holy way as a family. So that is all coming your way. Um, And we have some great guests coming too. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so it's just a total joy to talk with you all. Very much so. And please know that we are (laughs) embarking on, you know, really leading our family to a deeper encounter with Christ. I hope that we've inspired you to do that. Because remember, the only way that we will really live in a domestic church is not based on anything we will do, but if Christ does dwell here Mm -hmm. in a real way. So I hope you've been inspired. Please know of our prayers for you all. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.